And so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and hit this subject, which is a, a, a very, very, really plastered throughout the scripture. And it's very simple. Don't be deceived. Amen. Don't be deceived. Now, now you see my friend there. You see the wolf in sheep's clothing. But, uh, but I want to let you know tonight. We're not talking about false prophets tonight. We could go there. There are false prophets in the world. There are people that are false prophets that you haven't recognized as a false prophet. Because they're sneaky. <laughs> I won't go there. But, 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 but uh, what if the, the wolf in sheep's clothing was you? That would be called being self-deceived, right? And, and, and we're, the, the area of deception we're going to deal with tonight is not so much the area of, of looking out for, for false doctrine and false prophets, but we're going to go ahead and look out especially for the area that we're not tricking our own selves. Praise the Lord. Don't be deceived. Now, uh, so some of the definitions for deceit and deceitful, deceitfulness, deceive, uh, according to uh, uh, W.E. Vine, who uh, was uh, 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 really a master of the Greek language and has gone home to be with the Lord uh, since he was living. But, but uh, he, he gave some, some definitions, some, some light of what these words mean. And I want to go ahead and uh, take a look at them together with you. So we can put that first slide up. Because I think we got them all to fit. So, so these are some definitions of all these related words. Deceive, deceit, uh, deception, so on. Uh, that which gives a false impression, whether by appearance, statement, or influence. But the thing that I want you to really highlight there in your mind is the idea of a false impression. Something that looks one way. But it's really a different way. It looks like it's one thing, but it's really something different than how it looks. Number two, a wandering from the right path. A wandering from the right path. Number three, to lure as with bait. Uh, number four, to corrupt, especially by mingling. Somebody say mingling. Mingling. Mingling the truths of the Word of God with false doctrines or notions, and so handling it deceitfully. And number five, to seduce or deceive, to deceive by leading into error. All right? Now you got 30 seconds if you want to take a picture of that. And, and post it. Otherwise, I, I can go ahead and get my notes up on the, uh, uh, the, the website tomorrow. If there's demand for it, we can put them up there. But I want to uh, just share this with you, that the whole aim and purpose of deception is to get one to believe that what is true is untrue, and that what is untrue is true. One more time. That's a big one to get. The whole aim and purpose of deception is to get one to believe that what is true is untrue, and that what is untrue is true. A false impression, oh Lord, a wandering from the right path to get lured with bait, mingle the truth with something that's not the truth, or be led into error. Now, we're going to deal with ten things tonight, ten ways, shall we say, that, that a self-deceived person can get deceived. Oh Lord, are you ready? This is very important. This is very significant for your life. Because as I was praying today, I just sensed this in my spirit very strong, that this is part of the, the, the word that needs to regularly be in a believer's diet. And all of the word, you know, you just can't eat a certain meal once. I ate broccoli once. I'm done with broccoli. No, you need broccoli again. Because you, you expended the vitamins that are in it. You need to go get yourself some more of those vitamins. 
And, and so there's things in the Word of God that you always need to come back around to. And, uh, and it, uh, somehow it just felt like it's been a while since you had this particular vitamin. And so we're going to get our vitamins tonight. Are you ready? Um, let's uh, uh, look at this. The, the ten ways... Not the only ten, but the ten ways that, that are real clear in Scripture that, that a self-deceived person gets deceived. And, and what is bigger than pride? What is bigger than pride? As a matter of fact, the, the prophet Obadiah, one little chapter to his book, verse 3 of his book, he said, The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who dwell in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, you say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? See, uh, the, the idea of somebody who, who has a, attained a certain position, attained a certain status. Yeah. And they really think they're somebody. Who's going to knock me down? Who's going to cut me down to size? And the scripture says there that the pride of their heart has deceived them. Let's go on. Check this out. Because pride, boy, that's a biggie. Um, and understand this. This will be helpful to you. There are two extremes and then something that's right in the middle of the road. And with God, right in the middle of the road is where you want to be. Now the extremes are this. On one side is pride. Now on the other extreme is not humility. Because true humility is what's in the middle of the road. On the other side of the extreme from pride is what I call false humility. So you see, you've got pride where you think more of yourself than you ought to think. And false humility where you're thinking less of yourself than you ought to think. But right in the middle is humility, which is simply this. Whatever God says about me, that's true. I'm not going to go ahead and put myself down and say less of me than what God says about me. I'm not going to exalt myself and say something more about me than what he says about me. No, I'm just going to simply agree and simply speak with whatever God says about me. Remember that. Amen. All right. Now, uh, let, let's go ahead and, and, and dig into this pride a little bit more because pride, as I just said, is that side of the extreme where, where, where you're thinking more of yourself than you ought to think. Galatians 6, uh, uh, 2 and 3 says this, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Now let's take a look at verse 3 in the, the Amplified Classic Edition uh, because uh, it's, it's interesting, it kind of combines, it connects the idea of uh, bearing one another's burdens, the idea of verse 2, it, it brings it on into verse 3. It reads like this, For if any person thinks himself to be somebody, too important to condescend to shoulder another's load, when he is nobody of superiority, of superiority except in his own estimation, he de deceives and deludes, and cheats himself. So, you know, you, you've got a, a person who thinks that they're too important to stoop down to go ahead and do something like that. That's, you know, helping my brother share their load and carry the burden. That's such a menial task. I mean, you know, I, I, now I, I need a more important job to do than that. But, of course, what they really are is is they're they're big in their own estimation. They're, they're a big shot in their own eyes. But but the a wise mentor of mine once told me that a, a big shot is a little shot away from home. I don't know if you find that in the dictionary, but it works. You know, <laughs> the, the the idea that that somebody who who who's a big shot, you know, that they they may be that in their own eyes, and they might have convinced some other people of that. But, but, but the reality is that they're really not all that. And, and it's interesting that this person, they deceive themselves. The Amplified says they deceive themselves, delude themselves, and even cheat themselves. 
And what are they cheated of? Well, I'll tell you what. One thing they're cheated out of was the opportunity to do or experience good. They could have helped that somebody who needed their burden lifted. But they thought they were mm, too good for that. Cheated themselves out of an opportunity to do or experience good. All right, we're talking about pride here. It's one of the number one ways that, that we can deceive ourselves. Now, this is classic. This is Matthew 26. And, and th- this is uh, uh, the, one of the biggest mouths in the Bible, that of Simon Peter. Um, our founding pastor said about Peter that it would have been good for him to have peppermint-flavored shoes because he was always putting his foot in his mouth. Hey, so here we go. Matthew twenty-six thirty-one. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Now that's one thing to to note. You see, so said all the disciples, because Peter gets most of the blame, of course. He's the one who opened his mouth first. But everybody else joined in on the action, all right? But by by the way, if I can ask the sound booth to make sure the time's up there, because a preacher without a clock is a dangerous thing, all right? All right, so um, now, now regarding this passage here, I want you to consider this, that you know you're really in pride. When you're going to look God right in his face and tell him he's wrong. I mean, Jesus is right there saying, this is what's going to happen. And I imagine the God saying, oh no, master. I mean, yeah, we know you've been walking around here, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, uh, 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 preaching the, the wisdom of the ages to us. But no, no, you're wrong about this. Now, it's one thing to look in the Bible and see an example like that and say, oh, yeah, 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 they're full of pride. But, but, but you know what? That's the same thing we do when we say, well, I know the Bible says that, but. <laughs> We're on the hook for the same thing. Because how many times have you had a situation in life where God's word said something and you were trying to try, trying to talk about how smart you were or how you knew better or, or, or that you I know he said that, but. And as I like to say in a scenario like that, get your butt in the right place. Amen. You never say, I know God said that, but. No, you say, I know the devil said that, but God. That's called getting your butt in the right place. Amen. All right. That's for free. All right. You know, 1 Corinthians 3.18 says this, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Let no one deceive himself. So, so you can seem to be wise. You, you know, seem to be wise and being wise actually is two different things. Because you can seem to be something that you're not. And especially it says wise in this age. So, so you can be wise in this age. You can be up on the age, you know. You, you, you can be up on the, the enlightenment of our day. Which I can tell you this, the enlightenment of our day is darker than dark can get. So much for enlightenment. Uh, the, 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 the idea uh, of you being wise in this age, you know, uh, you know, the person who's up on current events and the, the person who's up on, uh, uh, you know, uh, Hollywood and all that. And, uh, I go days and weeks and months and years without thinking a whole lot about Hollywood, but, 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 but the person who's wise in this age, it says that they need to become a fool so that they can become wise. So what, what, what is that? That idea of becoming a fool, that means that they need to go ahead and really discount what they know as far as worldly wisdom. Because there is two kinds of wisdom. You can have worldly wisdom, 
But you don't want worldly wisdom. You want the wisdom that comes from God. So a person who's worldly wise needs to humble himself and say, I'm going to go ahead and count myself like a fool who needs to go to school and get educated all over again so I can get rid of the wisdom that's been leading me down the wrong road and get a hold of the wisdom that's going to lead me up the right road. Amen. All right. And, you know, bottom line, you got to learn to listen to someone beside yourself. You see, people that... That, that deal with pride a lot, often like to, that they are their favorite person to listen to. They are their favorite person to listen to. But the thing is, is that you already know everything you know. If you're going to learn something, you're going to learn something from somebody else, not from yourself. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. So, so the idea, 1 Corinthians 3.18, remember, let no one deceive himself. If any among you seem to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. And then it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. So you see, the, the idea of that person who's wise in this age and the way that they uh, uh, become a fool so that they can become wise, they put themselves in a position where they can learn. They put themselves in a position where uh, all my worldly wisdom canceled out. Doesn't matter. That uh, doesn't count for anything in regards to the wisdom that comes from God. And so I'm going back to kindergarten and starting with God all over again. And that takes humility. But if you keep on going down the same old road and you don't humble yourself, then you get stuck in a self-deceived position due to pride. Let's talk about the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches. Let's read this first and then I'm going to comment on it. Mark 4, verse 18 through 19. This is part of the parable of the sower, where, where Jesus was explaining the, the parable to his disciples and what it meant. And that the sower went out sowing the word, and then he talked about the, the different kinds of ground that the seed of the word would get planted on. And here he says, now these are the ones that are sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, it, you, you, you see, it, it's, it's very easy to, to lump things together. But, but the Bible does not say that it was riches that choked out the word. The Bible says it was the deceitfulness of riches that choked out the word. That's a very important distinction to make. Because otherwise... You know, if, if riches are the problem, then, then what are you doing having anything? Get rid of it all. And somebody say, I, I'm a volunteer on who you can give it all to. But, but you see, the, the, uh, the, that's an important distinction to make. Not the riches in and of themselves, but, but whether you're married to the riches or not. Whether you're covetous or not. Because covetousness is idolatry, the Bible says. That, 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 that's not a proper view and a proper perspective on money. But, but the deceitfulness of riches, that, that, that's if you allowed riches to fool you. If you allowed the, the status of getting uh, so, some money and some good financial status in your life, get you into a position where you got fooled. And how can it fool you? Well, Psalm 62, verse 10 says this, Don't trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Remember the words of Jesus, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And, and remember this, that, that, that uh, Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, we're not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Which means that God doesn't mind 
you having stuff. But as it's been said many times, God does not want stuff having you. And, and, and uh, so that, that, that's a very important thing to, uh, to understand and a very important thing for us to grasp is that God does not want us setting our heart on riches. God wants us to set our hearts on Him and to be able to use the, the riches and, and the, the financial blessings in our life for, for His purposes and His kingdom. And also consider this, that uh, uh, when you leave here, see, this is the only little span of time that, that you, you get to utilize riches for anything. But once you're gone, it's staying. You leaving and it's staying. Like the old saying, you've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. And also this, the, the fact that ultimately, in the grand scheme of what's going to happen to this planet, the Bible says that the elements will melt with fervent heat. So if you've got a whole lot of stuff, that means that, that your pile of ashes is going to be bigger than somebody else's, but it's still going to be a pile of ashes someday. But here in this life, it can be a tool that is used for good, for, for the kingdom of God, to, to help other people, and for you to richly enjoy the things that God's brought into your life. There's no problem with God for you to enjoy things. But, but you see, the perspective that God wants us to have is not to be deceived by it, not, not to allow it to get our heart. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10, we'll start reading there. It says, when you've eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he's given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Woo! Amen. So God obviously didn't mind blessing them because he's obviously was planning to. But he was giving them a warning that when, when all your stuff is multiplied, don't forget me. Don't be fooled by that stuff because that's temporary stuff. That's a blessing and it's a blessing you can enjoy. But, but that's just kind of a side dish. He said, I'm the main course. Hallelujah. All right. Now let's go on. So, so we're, we're t talking about ten things that, that, that are very uh, easy ways that we can be self-deceived. So pride, the deceitfulness of riches. Let's talk about lust or desire. Ephesians 4.22 says this, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Someone say deceitful lust or deceitful desires. That's what a lust is. A lust is a desire. And why are these lusts called deceitful? They're called deceitful because they promise one thing and they deliver another. How many of you ever, you know, given into temptation before? I won't look. No, I won't look. I'll just go ahead and raise my hands and one leg this way and one leg the other way because I have, all right? And I know this, that it's promised one thing and it's delivered another. Promise to satisfy and then you get to the end and say, well, well... You see, don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. You know, it's like it's going to feel so good to, to give that person a piece of my mind. And then after you give away the last piece, it don't feel so good. Because it promised one thing, but it delivered another. Titus 3 verse 3 says this. 
says, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived. And how were we deceived? We were serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. So we were serving various lusts and pleasures. Now, there's somewhere that, that uh, I want to go tonight, and, and, uh, I, and I'm, I'm not looking to, to just highlight one particular lust or pleasure, but hey, we don't have time for them all, so I want to hit one. <laughs> Proverbs 20 and verse 1. Oh, Lord, why you put that up there? Here we go. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. And one of the number one lines that, that you hear, and, 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 and it, it's almost like somebody might as well wear a t-shirt that says, I am deceived, is when they say, oh, I, I can handle it. Because I got to tell you, within the last five or six years of life and ministry, the absolute tragedies that I've seen because of wine and strong drink is just a, a memory I'd rather forget and not have to relive. And I tell you, I'm not looking to pick out one pleasure over another. But I'm just saying, church, you got to really be on guard. Yes. Because, oh, I tell you, it's so easy to get taken down the wrong road. So easy. Be on guard. Trust God. Don't trust you. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Praise the Lord. Now, you know what? We just read something over in Titus 3.3. 3. Honey, are you back there tonight? Oh, yeah, that's my girl. All right, Titus 3.3. 3, oh, look at that. She's always with me like that. All right. So you see, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, and then it says hateful and hating one another. And, and uh, another way that you can get deceived I'm just going to go ahead and spell it right out to you. H-A-T-E, hate. We say, well, I'm a believer in Jesus. Yeah. You are. Amen. Praise the Lord. But i got to tell you, uh, it, it, walking in love is not like this kind of one and done thing and you just go on cruise control for the rest of your life. No, you, you're just continually, as the scripture says, keeping yourself in the love of God. Keeping yourself there. Because there's many opportunities to, to get out of it. People are mean sometimes. People are crazy sometimes. And there are opportunities to get out of the love of God, which is why you need to keep yourself in it. But, but t take a look at this. Proverbs 26 Verse 24, it says, He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. So the idea of disguising it with his lips means that he can go ahead and put some sweet talk on sometimes, but the problem is still in the heart. And, and he's using his words to disguise what is really on the inside. But notice that next part, lays up deceit within himself. Whoa, Lord have mercy. Because it is deceit to think that you can have hate inside of you and not be affected by it. It is deceit to think that you can have hate inside of you and not be affected by it. As a matter of fact, bitterness in your heart is... Having it there is just as smart as you drinking poison and expecting somebody else to drop dead from it. Well, well, 
So be on guard. Walk in love. Walk in love with your brother or your sister. Ain't, ain't nothing, nothing is worth it. Nothing is worth getting out of love over. And, and then, because here's the thing. You can go ahead and allow some bitterness to grow. And then you, you can, part of what deception does is you justify it. Well, it's because of what they said and what they did and how they looked at me and their tone. And and then your neck gets going, you know. <laughs> yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. But, but, but you see, we need to be on guard against these things. Because that there is such an easy thing to fall into, to hold bitterness towards somebody. To, to, to be an unforgiveness towards somebody. And, and the Bible says that, that if we're, if we're, uh, cause if you're not, not loved, there's only one other option. You know, you can say, I'm, I'm having a hard time walking in love today. Or you can say, I'm just walking in hate today. You know, I, we, we can call it what it is. But, but the thing is, is that, is, is that we don't want to, to have any of that. First John said that he that hates his brother is a murderer. We, we, don't, we, we don't want any of that going on in us. Absolutely not. We want to go ahead and let the love of God shine through and not allow anything that, that, that would come into our life that would potentially take us down the wrong road and lead to self-deception. Amen. Amen. Now let's go on. Let's talk about hardness. This is the hardness that comes through the deceitfulness of sin which uh, we'll see very clearly over in Hebrews 3, 12 to 13. It says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another uh, daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So look out for the hardness that comes through the deceitfulness of sin. Because you see, uh, that hardness, hard-heartedness of any kind, boy, that's dangerous stuff. Because with God, we need to keep ourselves pliable and, and have softness of heart. And not be what the Bible calls Hard-hearted or stiff-necked, stubborn. No, you want to be pliable in the hands of the master. Amen. And stay away from this hardness that comes through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, it's interesting that these very people... That they were being talked to in the verse before, in verse 12, it says that the, the, they were departing from the living God. God's not the one you depart from. God's the one you run to. Can I hear somebody give me a response on that? God's not the one you depart from. God's the one you run to. Hallelujah. You run to. You blow it, run to Him. You're doing good, run to Him. Because you still need Him. Every situation, you just run to Him. You keep on running to Him. You keep on going to Him. There's never a time where we're departing from Him. There's only times where we're going to Him, staying in His face, seeking His face. Glory to God. Amen. All the time. Because you see, any aspect of departing from God, or departing from God's instructions, or departing from God's way of doing things, that's an area where you just set yourself up for for big time deception. Jeremiah in 8.5 says this. said, why is this people slidden back? Jerusalem in, in, a, in a perpetual backsliding. Listen to this. They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. Hold fast to deceit. Ooh, Lord. No, I don't want to hold fast to deceit. I want to hold fast to Jesus. Hold fast to the confession of my faith. But I don't want to be holding fast to deceit and refusing to return. Whoa. Not a life I want. Let's look at another verse in Jeremiah, the next chapter, chapter 9, verse 6. It says this, your dwelling place is in the midst of deceit. 
Through deceit, they refuse to know me, says the Lord. So look out for hard-heartedness. Anything that makes you hard. Anything that, that, that makes you not, not uh, uh, soft and pliable before the Lord. Because the, the hardness that comes through the deceitfulness of sin, that is, that is a danger to you. That is something you do not want in your life. Just like you don't want hardening of the arteries. Physically speaking, you don't want hardness setting in in your spirit either. Now, let's go ahead on to some other things. Number six. And we're talking about ways that you can very easily be self-deceived. Thinking that you can hang out with whomever you want to without consequence. Thinking that you can hang out with whomever you want to without consequence. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Which means this is a likely way you could be. Evil company corrupts good habits. Evil company corrupts good habits. So what this is saying is that you could be going on the right road and developing some good Christian discipline in your life and developing some good habits. And yet you, you, you still have this thing about hanging out with old, what's his name? Old, what's her name? From back in the day. Now, now, here's the thing. You, you would not go down to the local cemetery. <laughs> and, and find your corpse to go ahead and hang out with on Friday night. But, but yet at the same time, you as a spiritually alive person made alive to God, new creature in Christ. Now, here's the thing. To, to love the lost is one thing. To have a heart for the lost is one thing. To, 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 to want to be able to be there for the lost for the cause of, of winning them over is one thing. But there's limits to your fellowship with lost people. There's, there, there has to be limits. Because otherwise you can get sucked in to doing some of the same dumb things you used to do back in the day. We need to be on guard about these kind of things. Sometimes you can go ahead and maintain a relationship, you know, and, and say, hey, uh, you, you know what? I, I'm, I'm the one who's being influential here. You know, uh, they're not bringing me out there. I brought them to church. I brought them to a connect group or something like that. That, that, that's, that's a different scenario. But, but here's the thing. You always got to ask yourself, the, ask yourself the question, who is influencing who? This is big. Because, you see, if you hang out with the same people with whom you used to do that thing and those things and, and all that, it can be very, very easy to get sucked back into it. Even after developing some good habits and some good spiritual discipline, but if you hang around the slippery creek bank, in the positive or in the negative in this case, you can slip back in the creek. And the Bible warns about that. Don't be like the dog that goes back to its own vomit. I know that sounds gross, but hey, it paints the picture. And don't be like the pig that goes back to wallowing in the mud again. Once you get washed, stay clean. Hallelujah. So that's thinking that you can hang out with whomever you want to without consequence. Well, how about this? Thinking that you can say whatever you want to say without consequence. Lord, Lord. James 1, verse 26. If any among you thinks he is religious... 
and does not bridle his tongue, does not keep his tongue under control, but deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. Do not think for a minute that you, as a believer, don't have to keep your tongue under control. From several standpoints. First of all, you want to keep your tongue under control to, uh, to, to make sure that, that you're saying things that agree with God and not, not, not saying things that are out of line with the Word of God and out of line with God's perspective on things. God's perspective is right. He's right about everything. If you, if you disagree with Him, I'm with <laughs> My money's on God, you know? But, but the thing is, as, as far as being loose-lipped and allow yourself to just go ahead and, and say this and, and say that, be harsh with people, uh, you, you know, and, 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 and just, just uh, uh, not have the tongue bridled, not have it under control. Uh, if it's not under control... And you think it's all right to just go ahead and say what I got to say because I just got to say what I got to say. The Bible says you're deceiving your own heart. So if the Bible says that, then we need to believe the Bible and take that seriously, all right? And so therefore, we, we need to be those that are very, very sensitive to that, and conscientious about that, and uh, not flippant with our tongue. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, the, the Bible does say in James chapter 3, where he talks about the tongue, he says that the tongue is like the rudder of the ship. Well, you know, it's the steering wheel. And it also says that if you can control your tongue, you can also bridle the whole body. Imagine that. If you can control your tongue, if you can... But by so doing, if you're controlling the whole body, that means you can control your tongue. You can control what your eyes look at. You control your tongue. You can control what your ears listen to. You control your tongue. You can control what your hands touch, etc., etc. Amen. All right. Very, very important. Bridle your tongue because if you don't, you're deceiving your own heart. Number eight. Thinking that everything's okay when it's not okay. See, there's a big difference between a confession of your faith and the avoidance of reality. And we, we don't need to be avoiding reality. We need to be those who, uh, uh, well, let me put it to you like this. It's deception to think that a problem will just go away without confronting it. That's called an ostrich mentality. Head in the sand, somebody. The ostrich mentality does not make problems go away. Some things you just need to confront. You need to call it what it is. In the, even, even in your life, even if it hurts, even if it needs to be uprooted, plucked out, and, and you kind of like having it around, but hey, if it needs to be uprooted, do the uprooting. Because otherwise... You can risk the deception of thinking that everything is okay when it's not okay. Jeremiah 37, 9, God said, Do not deceive yourself, saying the Chaldeans will surely depart from us, for they will not depart. And, uh, and we're not going to go into the whole history of that, but the very principle there is God said, they're not departing. And if you say, oh, we don't have to worry about it, they're going to go ahead and leave. It'll take care of itself. But if God said, no, it's not going to take care of itself unless you do something to take care of it. You see the difference there? You see the, 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 the difference between just being la di and saying, oh, I ain't worried about it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, calling that, so sometimes calling that faith or resting in the Lord, when, when the Lord's not looking for, for rest in that case, He's looking for some action. You know, these are things we need to consider. Revelation 3.17, this is classic. This is Jesus talking to the church of Laodicea. He said, because you say I'm rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So you see, a deceived person can be the total opposite of how they think they are. They think they're okay. But you know what Jesus said to them? Anoint your eyes with eye salve so you can see. 
so you can see what's wrong, what needs to be corrected, and do something about it. Praise God. First John 1, 8 through 10. It says, if, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we've not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So the idea of saying that there's no problem here, everything's okay here. When you know there is a problem, call things what they are. Call wrong, wrong. Call sin, sin. And deal with it. And deal with it straight up front. Don't go ahead and say, oh, I'm all right. When you know there's something going on that's not all right. No, you, you confront it. You call it what it is. You deal with it. Glory to God. And then you can move on and be free. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to go to that First uh, Corinthians right now. We're going to go ahead and move on to James. Because there ain't no way you can talk about this without going to James chapter 1. Woo-wee! But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now this here is this deception. Thinking that just hearing the word is enough. Thinking that just hearing the word is enough. What the Bible is saying, no, hearing it is good, but that's only halfway. It's doing it. It's being a doer of it. Because if you think that hearing is good enough, but not doing, you are a self-deceived person, which is the worst kind of deception, because you are the deceived and the deceiver all rolled into one. My, my. All right, verse 23, For if anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Hallelujah. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, because if you only hear and not a doer, you're doing what? You are deceiving yourself. So don't be that person. Don't be the person who looks in the mirror, sees that your hair is a mess, then you leave the mirror, and then you never fixed your hair, and then you forgot that your hair was even a mess to begin with. (laughs) See, that's what he's describing here. He's describing the person who observes his natural face in the mirror, And he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgot what kind of person he was. He forgot that that little, you know, that part right here was sticking straight up, you know. A little bed head on that side, you know what I'm saying? Finally, don't think that you can sow without reaping. Number ten out of these ten things. Don't think that you can sow without reaping. Galatians 6, 7-9 says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, he'll also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Amen. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Amen. So do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Which works in the negative. You sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. That's the negative side of it. But also the positive side. You reap to the, uh, you sow to the spirit, you of the spirit will reap uh, everlasting life. So, if you sow bad seeds, you, you can't think that I'm just going to go ahead and keep on doing this and keep on doing this and keep on doing this without getting some kind of harvest. Right. If you think you're not going to get a harvest, that's called deception. Right. But the thing is, is that in the same way that happens in the negative, it can happen in the positive too. Right. Where, where, where so someone's sowing good seeds and someone's sowing good seeds. And, 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 and what, what does the enemy try to do? The enemy tries to go ahead and wear you down and frustrate you and say, yeah, 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 I know you're sowing good seeds, but it ain't never going to go ahead and do anything for you. And if you fall for that, 
that's deception just like the other. Because you're thinking that you're sowing something that you're not going to reap. But the Bible says God is not mocked. Whatever a person sows, he will also reap. That has to do with the, both the negative side of it, but it also has to do with the positive side as well. Amen. So I say to you tonight as we close, consider these things. You know, I've put out ten things. You might have been hit by two of them. But let God deal with you on those two Chew on that, meditate on that, but most importantly, act on that. And then rather than being a person who's deceived, you'll be a person who is of the truth. Because remember, the initial uh, purpose behind deceit is to tell you that something that is true is not true, or to tell you that something that's not true is true. But if you stay away from these areas that lead you into deception, then what, what's happening? You're a person of the truth. You're, you're a person who doesn't want to be confused with anything else. No, just give me the truth. Just give me the word. Just give me what God said about it. We're going with that. We're walking with that. We're doing that. We're following through on that. Case closed. Amen. And then you keep yourself in a position where you won't be deceived. And if you're not deceived, you can live the maximum kind of life that God has designed you to live. And that's a good place to say, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we honor you tonight. We're so grateful for the Word of God. We're so grateful that, that we don't have to live in deception. We can walk in the light as you are in the light, we can walk in truth. We can not just be hearers of the word, but be doers. Father, I pray for everybody here tonight that that, that the truth is settling in their hearts. And Lord, that any particular area that you've dealt with somebody tonight, Lord, that you're ministering uh, to them and showing them what to do to be able to experience the freedom that you so desire, desire for them. In Jesus' name.